Welcome back to Exile on Bad Street, uh, episode number 58, if I'm not mistaken. I'm your host, Chris Zona, and we are back and talking Memphis. Yes, it's been a while since we've visited uh, the Mid-South Coliseum in the city of Memphis proper on this show. So if we're talking Mempho, we got to talk about Scott Baudano. <laughs> <laughs> so... Uh, <laughs> wow da- what an intro daddy jack mercy <laughs> mercy daddy mercy daddy mercy oh daddy. my god so scott welcome back to the show thank you uh man that, that introduction I, I think robert reed has gotten better introduction <laughs> i mean i think the dad, Ruffin, the I dad think, from brady yes, lunch i think Ruffin ready was brought in with more excitement <laughs> Oh, boss winners. Yeah, boss winners. Yeah, exactly. Uh, and and I, but I guess this, this is what it's like. I, I had my shot at the A show. I don't I don't know if I said something wrong, and now I've been relegated back to the B show. But you know, I, I'm just I'm just happy to be anywhere, man. Well, this is the uh, between the sheets is the 90 minute studio show. <laughs> yeah, Exile on Bad Street's the arena team. Right, 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 right. Well, they, we show we go more in depth. We do a the deep dive. Yes, yes. <laughs> it's it's a it's a pier six brawl. Yes, yes. And and but sometimes we, and sometimes can feel like a twenty six fall Texas death match by the time we're we're, we're third. That's exactly. All right. That's all right. Well, yes. Well, we left off at the end of September eighty three, and now we go to October eighty three, and we're we got a lot of stuff that's continuing. From where we left off, uh, feud-wise, but man, this roster is loaded mm. still at this point in time. So we go to the Mid South Coliseum on October the third in front of six thousand six one nine. We had the Jaguar six one nine. Yeah, no Ray Mysterio. The Jaguar over Robert Reed, of course. Jaguar being uh, Danny Davis. Oh, right, Danny Davis. Kim oh, Wayne. Ken, Ken Wayne. Ken, Kim Wayne, Danny Davis, Kim Wayne. Oh, man. <laughs> it's all the same. That's a nightmare. It's a total nightmare. Yes. <laughs> Dick's, uh, Bringing his A game to the B show. Dick's <laughs> made a joke about Ken Wayne, and I know it's not a really situation oh. to joke about, but he made a joke about Ken Wayne on Between the Sheets, uh, or was it uh, the Patreon show we did about Continental where he said, it was between sheets because I was talking about the Galaxians, Alpha and Beta, and Big said Ken Wayne's a Beta now. Uh, mm. Yeah, I know. Terrible. Jaguar over Robert Reed. Ugh. Mad Dog Boyd over the Destroyer. God knows who that is. I, I, uh, I assume it's not Dick Byer. <laughs> yeah, I assume it's not Dick Byer as well. <laughs> Norma Lawson and Dennis Condry going to a no contest with the Rock and Roll Express. Well, well, wait a minute now. You kind of you kind of glossed over that. Technically, that's the Midnight Express. Yes, the Rock and Roll Express. That's correct. Thank yes. God. Thank God, I'm here. The OGs, yeah, the OG Midnight Express. Oh well, no, Randy Rose. Uh, Russian Invader, which was Jerry Novak of the Bounty Hunters over Bobby Eaton. What about Russian Invader in a minute? Yeah. No DQ. No time at match for Southern Tag Titles. The Bruise Brothers, Dream Machine, and Pork Chop. Over Dutch Mantel and Stagger Lee, Coco Ware. Mm-hmm. Then we had Texas Bull Rope match for International Heavyweight title. Austin Otto wins the title over Stan the Lariat Hansen. Hell of a match. $5,000 challenge. The Fabs and Rough House Fargo. Yes, the old nut house is in town. Over uh, the Assassins and Jimmy Hart. Assassins being Don Bass and Dirty Rhodes. And then a no DQ, no time limit match 
for the Sun Heavyweight title. That's the King. Jerry Lawler defeated Jesse the Body Ventura. So we got three major title changes on this card, Scott. Yes, we do. And uh, gosh, I, I don't even know where to begin. Uh, I, why don't we? I guess we'll start uh, with a p- p- uh, pre- uh, preliminary uh, match because uh, t- we, we kind of glossed over Jerry Novak. Now, Jerry Novak is one of those guys who I, I, I didn't. To be honest with you, I didn't even know until just now because uh, <laughs> I was looking. I'm looking at this result sheet that it, that. It, it was him under the hood, um, yeah. He, which which makes totally makes sense because whenever they needed like a big like a big guy under a hood, Novak was was Jarrett's go to guy when they when they were promoting the international superstar that you've all all seen on cable television, strongly implying that it was Bill Eady. Of course, uh, it was Mr. Novak uh, who Billy Robinson beat. Uh, to uh, regain the vacated CWA World Heavyweight Championship, and they actually do. A, I think they drew like eight, nine thousand people for that, uh, because by that time a lot of people in Memphis had cable uh, and had seen uh, Mass Superstar. Uh, later on, it was, it was always funny to me. Later on, when they brought uh, Jerry Stubbs in, and now I'm a big. I was always a big uh, Olympia guy, but I was. Sure. I, I you know when I saw that Mass Superstar was going, or I heard Lance say Mass Superstar was going to be here, I was like, oh. Okay, don't play with me, Jarrett. You know, please don't let this be. A, you know, we all know that was the real Mill Mascaris years ago. But since that time, there's been a string of ringers. And as soon as he walked out, if the mask, you know, wasn't a dead giveaway, him going, I'm the Mass Superstar, baby. <laughs> yeah. Clearly not the slow, methodical speaking, bachelor's degree earning. We found out from Gordon Soli. Uh, Bill Eady, Mass Superstar, which I always kind of thought, you know, watching TBS and and really seemed to know a lot about Mass Superstar. I'm like, are they in, are they secretly in cahoots? How does he know he has a BA? <laughs> <laughs> oh my gosh! But anyway, uh, no, and let's see. Novak was also oh interesting. They, they actually did bring in. Now they brought in Super the Super Destroyer in '81 to feud with Lawler, and Lawler put him over strong, but that was Bill Dromo uh, under a hood. Dromo, yeah. Looked nothing like. They, they didn't even make any attempt to to, to pass him off as uh, as the Super D, Scott Irwin. Uh, in 82, uh, Lawler, you know, doing his heel stuff uh, in Atlanta, cuts a promo alongside the Super D, but then weeks later, Super D is in Memphis, the real Super D, uh, Scott Irwin, uh, against Lawler in a bounty match, which kind of didn't make any sense if they were kind of in cahoots in Atlanta. Uh, but I guess they couldn't get uh, dates on Irwin around the horn, or maybe Jarrett was just a little cheap, which is also certainly a possibility. So Novak uh, was the Super D uh, in Louisville because Cornette managed him. So That's right, because Cornette was the bounty. The guy yeah. the bounty. Yeah, so real Super D in Memphis, fake Super D uh, either the next week or the following week in Louisville. So there, there. And, then, and then Novak was Novak was working for the Jared Oley deal with Cornette in the summer of '83. So that's you know that's a, not not too far from this day. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Big guy who could work. I uh, spoke terrible Russian. <laughs> from what I, from what I well, <laughs> he wasn't the only fake Russian that did that. <laughs> But the deal is, and, and and you of course probably remember this very well. This is at the time when the movie The Day After yes. 
is is about to hit. Yep. And there's this whole big fear of, you know, a nuclear war between U.S. and Russia and the Russian wheat yeah. situation. <laughs> you're, you're ta- I mean, this is You're wild. talking about the attack where, where uh, the, the Vader ru- jumps Lawler and busts a sack of wheat over his head and covers Lawler in wheat. And it's probably the only promo you're going to see where an angry baby face comes out there, not covered in blood, but covered in wheat. <laughs> You're wrong. Okay, well, hang on. Mid South did the same angle. You're kidding me. With, with Nikolai Volkov and Dusty. Who did it first? Uh, Mid South actually did it. Of first. course they did. <laughs> of course they did. Like like Stagger Lee. I mean, yeah, Lee. Hey, if you're gonna steal, steal, steal from the best. Well, that's another thing too. Uh, we did on our Patreon shows about 88 Continental. It sure is interesting that uh, Memphis was doing some of these angles that Eddie Gilbert was doing at Continental just a week or two later. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. That that was happening all, all the time. You're right. <laughs> I remember that. Um, but, but, you know, and that's the thing. And that's, too, that's the thing about Memphis. Whenever they could cut corners and save some money, like, you want, okay, you want to, right now is the time to bring in a big Russian heel. Ah, let's don't get Nikolai Volkov. Let's don't get Ivan Koloff. Let's let's just put Novak under. Novak's not <laughs> Novak's not doing anything. He's got plenty of mass. <laughs> let's just bring him back. Uh, Frank Morrell, yeah, put him back. Exactly. Mask on. <laughs> oh man, oh man. Can you imagine Lawler and Koloff? I mean, oh my God. I mean, awesome. and as far as I know, the only time they they ever had any kind of contact was in Atlanta. Uh, for that ill-fated uh, Roddy Piper match that never took place, and it ended up being Lawler and Rich, and Buzz Sawyer and Ivan Koloff stormed the ring to interfere, and then they were going to switch Lawler back because I guess you know they just said screw it, we're not going to have this feud, uh, we're not going to have Lawler as a heel if, there, if there's no Roddy Piper. I'm not sure exactly what the plan was there uh, long term uh, with that. I, I kind of have this dream scenario that Piper was going to come to Memphis as a heel, and Lawler was going to be a heel in Atlanta. And just it boggles the mind thinking of Piper with Hart and Kaufman uh, in, 80, in oh, 82. God. And I don't know if that was the, <laughs> the plan or not, but then that, that would have been something. But uh, so, there's not enough. There's not enough microphone time. <laughs> so, yeah. So, so, so anyway, Lawler makes the save uh, saying at the end of it, I, I, you know, when it comes right down to it, two Tennessee boys can't stay cross at each other. Uh, but he he clears the ring above, with uh, Buzz, uh, Buzz Sawyer and Koloff. And as far as I know, that's the only time he and Koloff ever um, hooked up, which is a shame because I think they could have had some good chemistry together. Absolutely. And then we got uh, we got the big outsiders losing their titles here, Hanson and Ventura. And that bull rope match is tremendous. No, that is. And, and, that's, and that's one. Everyone was a little uh, disgruntled this night. I, it's funny that this show is the first one that we're doing because I talked about this show with Austin Idol. Uh, he was, there were some hurt feelings on the part of Idol, Hanson, and I think even the Fabs were pissed off because this is the card with the San Diego Chicken. That's right. Yes. Is, is yes. San Diego Chicken Man. Yes, and believe me, he did not come in for chicken feed. Uh, I mean, <laughs> I'm telling you, man, that, that bird caught, caught some green to get in. And Lawler found, uh, Idol found out how much he was, he was, how much the payoff the, the, uh, the chicken was getting. And man, he, he was, he was kind of hot. And especially because he was out there busting his ass. Lawler never worked single match with Hanson. And 
I don't know, man. I I think you know some some people have speculated. You know, they they did a tag match, right? But he was awesome tag match too at the cook. Yeah, the cook, yeah, with Ventura, uh, which should have been like a dream matchup, but it just for whatever reason didn't didn't draw well. Uh, but man, that I, Lawler and Hanson could have. But they say that Lawler was just fearful of of working with him, you know. Uh, might be target a finish out of him, uh, that he might be a little extra stiff with the King. Uh, those interviews that Hanson would cut where he's just calling all her out. I mean, I, man, those Hanson interviews and us, I'm sure he, you probably have heard more Hanson interviews than I have being, being, uh, from Georgia, but, uh, they're just gold. They're absolute gold. And he's really calling all her out as a coward and Lord never faces him one-on-one. Meanwhile, idol is, well, it's like, it, it, it's like it, 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 I mean, you can in AWA interviews. It's all like that. Well, yeah, but they're a little funny. It's not, it's, almost, it's almost like he adapted a little bit because they're a little funnier. Yeah. Uh, yeah, they, yeah, they are. You know, where yeah, he's talking about his ugly old lady. He goes, I got to be mean. I got to be nasty. I got a fat old wife who's hungry. <laughs> 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 oh, my God. But supposedly this this was the, you know, this was the night that Hanson looked out there and saw Sonny Fargo. Just kicking everyone's ass and just went, what in the fucking world? And then he looks over and there's the San Diego chicken getting dressed. <laughs> <laughs> and I believe this is Hanson's last night without even looking ahead. Uh, okay, okay. <laughs> it was the, but from what I understand, it was the beginning of the end, perhaps. Yeah, and... Um... Yeah, we'll have more Lawler Mentora, so uh, we'll come back. We'll, we'll go to the next oh, one. Oh, we'll do it really, the, the ten- really quickly, though. We'll just I know I'm taking up a lot of time on the very first one, but Ventura has said that he's the only man who never lost to Jerry Lawler in Memphis. He won the Southern title and never lost it back, but he did lose it here, and perhaps he's yeah. confused because Memphis is what I, – I don't know. Is Memphis the only town where the titles could change hands on, on a countout? I think so. Yeah, I wish – in, in well, to me, it, to me, I mean, it totally yeah. makes sense, um, and I think I thought it was kind of a cool way to to do a, a, a switch because you know it kind of uh, it, it's not a true pinfall, but the guy still gets the side, especially if you're a babyface and somehow you don't make it back in or heart pulls your leg or whatever. In this case, the, the story was that the chicken was such a distraction that Ventura ended up chasing him to the back. Well, imagine how different the wrestling business would have been the title if and all the territories decided all titles could change by DQ. Oh, well, <laughs> well, that, well, that's a whole. Then you, that, then, a, then you had to come up with a different way to screw a screw job. Well, that's, a, that's that's another kettle of that's a whole other kettle of fish there, my friend. Yeah, then you had to come up with a creative way to do a, do a screw finish. Well, <laughs> well world class tried to do that, right? Yeah, they did. But they did. but what they but instead what they did that they just decided to frequently forget about it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, <laughs> well, like, the bon- it, 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 you got the Von Erics in charge. That happened. It, yeah, it, yeah, maybe they, maybe they legitimately forgot. You're right. <laughs> Everyone was so high. It was like, what? Really? <laughs> yeah. Titles changing. Yeah, exactly. Titles changing hands on a DQ. What? <laughs> <laughs> October the 10th, a week later, and the crowd's down to 43-24, as we have Robert Reed of the Inferno, Tom Pritchard, before he became a doctor, over the, uh, the Galaxian, so I guess this would be Danny Davis. It's, it's amazing, too. Pritchard, gosh, you know, splitting his time, making the loop, going to medical school. I know! 
<laughs> what a multitasker he was. Yes. Huh? Mm-hmm. Then U.S. Junior Heavyweight title match, Stagger Lee over Tommy Rogers in a scientific match to win the title. Then we have a Mid-America title match, uh, Dutch over Buddy Landell by DQ. Buddy keeps the belt. And this is like when Buddy is really starting to hit a stride as a, yes. as a heel and really, get, 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 really getting into the character. Exactly. Yeah. Then we have Norbert Austin, Dennis Condry, and Buddy Landell. What a team that is. Going to a no contest with the Rock and Roll Express and Ricky Gibson. Yeah. I wonder. Clearly, there was some angle there. Uh, they brought Ricky in to be the, the be their third partner. Okay. And I'm so, so I'm assuming that and it looks clearly Randy Rose no-showed. Uh, no, because Landell and Austin and Conjure remember the stud stable. No, it's Dust Table. First fan. What was Dust Table? First fan. Well, but I, I'm just. So, uh, so Landale was scheduled. Rose was never. Landale was, Rose was never booked. Landale was scheduled back to back like that? It's Memphis. Well, we, got, we got multiple guys yeah, working back to back. Okay. I, um, okay. All right. Yeah, you know how that went in the Coliseum. I mean, guys would do double shots. Yeah, yeah, but, but it, was, was Rose not around this at, 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 for this one? Rose was. He was in uh, Alabama. Okay, but he came in with them originally, though, didn't he, or did he not? In the first, in the first run. Oh, okay, yeah. good. Okay, all right, all right. Yeah, now yeah. I'm back on track. He's still in Alabama. He's uh, teaming with Ron Starr at this time. Who uh, not yeah. under, underrated guy? Uh, Absolutely. You know, Lawler. Absolutely. Lawler. I just I was going through some obscure Lawler results, and Lawler and Ron Starr uh, went over. Uh, I want to say I think it was the only win Lawler got on that Japan tour in eighty. 80- Four eighty-five, or I think January of eighty-five, uh, beat Tets, uh, Tetsumi Fujinami and somebody else. So, but that would that would be a, Lawler and Star. That would be a hell of a team. That'd be a hell of a damn match. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> you're right. Yeah. yeah. Uh, then we have Southern Tag Titles: Dundee and Lawler. Yes, Dundee and Lawler as a team again, over the Bruise Brothers by disqualification. Bruise Brothers retain. Then uh, no DQ, no Thailand rematch for the heavyweight title. Jesse Ventura regained his belt, beating Jerry Lawler. And then uh, Bunkhouse match, very nice heavyweight title. Austin Idol over Stan Hansen by countout. Idol retained the title. And uh, this is another hell of a match in this feud. So uh, there's your Hansen. I think this is the last one. Yeah. Okay. So, so you know what? And I just realized this uh, as we're as we're going up and down the show. Uh, I was at this card. Oh, okay. I don't know why. Um, I think. Oh, I know why. Because Lawler's Lawler's working twice. There you go. So, and that was always like a. Well, they shot. They probably had a TV angle did. explaining Dundee and they Lawler. They did. Yeah, you know? yeah. They did. They did with uh, for the with the uh, Bruise Brothers. Yeah. So that was an added match. Yeah, that's why the guys work twice. They have to be added match. Yes. Like more often. Yeah, not. but uh, but that was always a gimmick that that. that they would typically try to do to to pop the houses uh, to have Lawler uh, work work twice, and then so that must have been yeah that must have been what did it for me because I you know I didn't get to go didn't get to go a lot so I had to choose my spots wisely. Well, seeing Idol and Hanson that bunkhouse match, I mean that would have been a draw. For Yo, me. no, huge. I mean I I love that feud and and just you know that, that's what wrestling. That's when wrestling's like perfect because you've got two guys who are the the absolute antithesis of each other, and the whole time Hanson's been in there going, "You got all," and he didn't come out and say, you know, he doesn't come out and say queer facts, but he's like, "You got all these guys like 
Often, I don't, the fabulous ones. I don't know what their deal is, man, and I don't care. I don't know where the finer McKinnon. Exactly. Exactly. He, I mean, seriously, it was like it was like Hanson was just like it was like okay, I'm on the wrestling equivalent of hee haw, and I'm just gonna. I'm just, <laughs> Salute! <laughs> I'm just gonna, <laughs> I'm just gonna go with it. Uh, brings me to a, a really quick story. Do you know that Lawler and Jarrett pitched the Nashville Network on a country wrestling wrestling, uh, a country western wrestling show? No. Yes. And Lawler even did they meet with Ralph? Emery? And Lawler even described <laughs> it as, you know, your Saturday morning wrestling show meets hee haw. Oh my God. <laughs> I, I mean, it may not have been a runaway hit, but Lordy, I would have. Charlie Chase would have been the host. I would have been. Lawler, Lawler said the meeting lasted about 30 minutes. <laughs> oh, Andy Marlin could have been Grandpa. Oh, Marlin. oh, oh, absolutely. <laughs> or as I called him, Eddie, Eddie Mackerel. <sighs> Oh, I love it. I love it. I love it. All right. The next week, crowd jumps, and you'll understand why. Uh, October 17th, 7,288 fans. As we have Bobby Fulton over Robert Reed in your opener. Russian Invaders back over the Jaguar. Princess Victoria over Judy Martin. That's the reason why the house went up. Two women, mm-hmm. women match. Handicap match. Jim Cornette and Jimmy Hart over Bobby Eaton. That's right. Then a U.S. Junior Heavyweight title match. Tommy Rogers regained the belt from Stagger Lee. Austin Island, Jerry Lawler over the Assassin. Is it, now, is that for the World Tag Team Championships? I don't have it listed as a title match. It could have been. For the uh, so, Eddie Marlin. CWA. Yeah, the, uh, the big trophy. Yeah, the Eddie Marlin's bo- uh, bowling award. Yes. <laughs> yes. And then we have a Southern Heavyweight title match. And uh, I'm sure the work rate in this match was stellar. Jason Body Ventura retained his title over handsome Jimmy Valiant by disqualification. Two guys, two of the masters of pop culture references. Uh, <laughs> I'm sure there were a lot of uh, short arm scissors <laughs> and uh, key locks in this match. Uh, a lot of eye rakes. <laughs> a lot of bad, yes. a lot of bad punching. And, Stalling and a few, of and nerve a few, holes and a few elbows and we're out of there. Yes, I have a. The only t- only other match I know of that they worked in singles I have on video is in Toronto, at Maple Leaf Gardens uh, for one of their Cadillac Cup tournaments they did, huh. and this was when Tur- was this was when Ventura was working for WWF mm. when uh, they were doing WWF and uh, NWA oh, right. shows right, right. in Toronto, yeah, and they had a, they had a match I think it was the finals of the tournament. It's actually kind of a natural matchup, really. Uh, get- it, it is. I mean, really? not no. Okay, when when I say that, obviously I don't mean Funk Junior and Briscoe, or even Lawler, or, or even or even Bowden and Miss Texas, but <laughs> <laughs> or Bowden Hale. Yeah. <laughs> oh, those matches were unforgettable. <laughs> <laughs> yes, I'm sure they yes. were. <laughs> But, I mean, gimmick-wise, like you're saying, absolutely. Yeah. It makes a ton of sense to, that those two guys would have a program with each other, for sure. And our main event. We ain't got the main event yet. Mm-hmm. Hospital elimination match. Assassins, Norval Austin, Dennis Condry, Buddy Landell, and Jesse Ventura defeated Austin Idol, Jerry Lawler, Jimmy Valiant, 
the Fabs and Roughhouse Fargo. That's right. That's a lot of fabulous in one ring, Pally. Exactly. And for people that don't know what a hospital elimination match is. I can tell you. Uh, I can tell you because I, that's the only time I ever got color. Uh, uh, that is, it's a, well, it's a first blood match. Uh, and in and, and in this case, it, the this I, they'd never had a singles uh, hospital elimination match, and I, and it, and it's funny how I, I I remember the first one, or at least the first one that I can remember, and I think it was maybe the first one in the territory, because it was <laughs> and I don't know how they got Jack Eaton, the sportscaster, to go along with this. But this, I guess, I think it was like a real first wrestling. That was almost like guaranteed fight night at, at hockey games. Um, you know, you're going to see some blood, right? There, there's, it's, uh, and I think it was, I think the first one was Lawler, Valiant, and Dundee against uh, LeDuc, uh, John Louis, and Sonny King. And they actually, in the buildup, they actually had an interview on the on the the number one newscast in Memphis, the one that Dave Brown was part of as a weatherman. And Lawler's explaining to the sportscaster. So yeah, the the only way the match, the only way you can be eliminated is if you're busted open and you have to go to the hospital to get stitched up. <laughs> <laughs> and this will be in 1978. Yeah, that was in 78. So here we are in uh, in 83, and then I was in one in 94. And, Oh, this I mean the hospital elimination match was always a big deal in the territory for years. Yeah, but I think it start didn't I think it started in seventy eight. I could be wrong. But And they did didn't Smoky Mountain Fusion. Yeah, yeah. yeah, I mean it was, yeah, a, deal. Yeah, it was a big deal. Yeah. 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 Uh, and I think Dusty was the one who who coined who maybe came up with the term first blood. First blood. Yes. Yeah, yeah. Yes. Made, it made it a little sexier. <laughs> maybe. Uh, yes. But like, well, Rambo first blood, you know. But I, yeah, oh I know, I know. I'm, I'm, I know, baby. Uh but But I remember though seeing my name as part of that hospital elimination match, and I I went up to Randy Hales that morning. I said, "I don't don't know what you have planned for me, but I'm not. I ain't doing. I ain't getting color. And uh, because I know, I know that red used to mean green, but around here that don't mean much anymore." And he goes, we'll work, uh, we'll work it out, and and we get, you know, we get to the matches, and Lawler's kind of been briefed on my reluctance to do it, and I'm telling Randy, absolutely not, no way, I'm gonna do. It. We'll have to, well, I'll just have to run away, something like that. I don't care, you know, I'm not doing it. And uh, he goes, you'll gain the respect of the boys if you do it. And I said, Randy, I, 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 you know, that's really not a problem. My main, my face is so important to me. You have no idea. I mean, I, I, I you know, I'm not, and my sister and my girlfriend were out there that night in the, in the audience. I said, it's just out of the question. And, and then it was like, it was like good cop, bad cop. And then he goes, he goes, well, um, what if Troy does it for you? I've got the dream machine. Have you seen his forehead? <laughs> I mean, Abdullah the Butcher grimaces when he sees Troy's forehead. I mean, and he just got out of prison. Yes, yeah, give him the blade. Sure. Uh, and then Lawler, and then Lawler comes in. He goes, Scott, can I talk to you for a second? And King pulls me aside and he's like, Scott, how, how long have you been a fan of mine? And I said, gosh, Jerry, I mean, since like 1977, he goes, and now, you know, here you are in the business. We've, we, I mean, God, we, we've made you a star. <laughs> <laughs> and he goes, and you know, and, 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 and you and I are like our, our friends now, right? 
And I went, well, we are? <laughs> wow. Okay, King. Yeah. Well, yeah, we are. And he said, Scott, uh, would a friend ask you to do something that he hasn't done, uh, you know, a thousand times? Or would, would he ask you to do that if, if, you know, if he thought there would be any danger to you at all? And, dude, by the time he got done talking, I couldn't wait <laughs> to get out there and do it. And I, I, had, a, I, I had a gusher for the ages. Uh, but that's a 94. We'll go back to 83. I just wanted to. <laughs> so that's the hot, what a hospital I'm here, I'm here for color, co- color commentary. So uh, Yes. Yes, you are. Oh, so yes. Well. Yes. All right. We go, we go to a week later, and the crowd drops to 39.15 on October 24th. No roughhouse. As we, yeah, no roughhouse. No. As we have Bobby Fulton over Carl Fergie, Tom Pritchard over the Russian Invader, Tommy Rogers and Coco went to a no contest. It's not for the U.S. Junior title. Jesse Ventura defended the Sunday Way title and retained over Bobby Eaton. A, a very low but that, car. That would match. be an unusual matchup, would it not? Yes, very. Then we have Austin Island Dutch going for the Southern Tag Titles, winning by DQ over the Bruce Brothers, but Bruce Brothers retained. Ricky Gibson Rock and Rolls uh, get another shot at Norvell Austin and against Contra Buddy Landell, and they get the win this time. CWA Tag Titles versus The Mask. The Assassins get their trophy back, <laughs> the fabulous ones. And your main event, Bill Dundee and the King over the Moondogs by disqualification. And I believe, okay, yeah, this is, okay, and after, so after seeing this, after the crowds drop the way they do, they realize that probably having Dundee as a babyface wasn't the best idea. You know, when they, when they first of all, the whole thing's, you know, I, I told the story before about how Oli fucked up my summer, you know, the whole thing, because I think I, you know, I really think they could have had a great run. Uh, Cornette kind of disagreed with me a little bit that it was sort of refreshing to have it short and sweet. But I was like, no, man, I mean, Dundee was just hitting it, it just hitting his stride as, as a heel. And it was just a fresh way to have that Lawler Dundee summer feud, but with the roles reversed. I mean, clearly the people were into it, you know, and I think they still would have had that big payoff. Lose or leave town with 10, you know, 11, uh, nearly, it was a near sellout. I think it was like 500 short of a sellout. Uh, it's that's all still would have happened. And, and, but the television would have been a lot better. Uh, it, it just seems too abrupt for Dundee to leave. And when he came back um, and they switched him back, babyface, it just, and I, I, fe- I felt like Dundee's heart wasn't in being a babyface again because he was having so much fun out there essentially being himself because Dundee was like that. And when he first entered the territory, he was that hot firecracker to George Barnes's, you know, Nick Bockwinkle type promos where he was the intellectual and the snob and, and Dundee was like the, you know, the, the, almost the impish, uh, and sometimes pimpish, uh, <laughs> if you look at some of his attire from that era, uh, heel, who who was just cocky and arrogant, and that is the true Bill Dundee. And I don't mean that in a negative way at all. It's just that's that's Bill. Uh, and I think it, it so when he, so when he, when they reverted him back to to try to be this, you know, straightforward, low key, tough talking baby face, it just didn't it just didn't work. And so the so the following week, the uh, now the the main event that. It, ends up having Lawler, Idol, and Mantell against the Moondogs and Man Mountain Link. But Dundee is supposed to be a part of this. And Lawler comes out there and uh, gives this interview saying, uh, you know, I just got to get something off my chest. Uh, I, I hope I'm not embarrassing Bill when I say this. Uh, but I just, 
things just aren't the same. I, and, and I tried to help Bill, uh, he earned, he did earn my trust and he still does have it, but I, I just can't, I just can't forgive everything he did the last time around. And, and I don't think I can ever truly trust him again. You know, I want to, but it, we're just two different people. And I, I I'm, I'm going to bow out of that match Monday night. And Idol and Mantel come out, and, and Idol comes out and goes, no, 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 man, you're staying in this match, and Dutch is going to take your place. And Dundee comes out, and he's furious that, that you know, he's been kicked out of the main event, and he ends up showing up down there Monday night, and the seeds are planted for his heel turn again. So um, I, I remember this vividly because it was just one of those – when something wasn't working in Memphis, they would just – you know, pull the plug and, and yeah. No, yeah. Nice. And who else but Lawler <laughs> to come out there? Cause we've all had friends like that, you know, where we were friends and then maybe one of us got married or, uh, got a job or graduated high school and the other one dropped out or whatever. And you, and you have this time apart and then you get back to, and it's just not, you know, you've grown apart and there's, and there's no way to rekindle that. And I think, the way Lawler came out, it, it just did that humble baby face thing. Uh, it totally clicked because we've all had friends like that in our lives, you know, who come and go. Exactly. And let's talk about that card. That's a Halloween night in Minnesota Coliseum in front of 3,906. We have Bobby Eaton, Bobby Fulton, the Jaguar, and James Daniels. Hmm. Who's James Daniels here? Uh Actually, great, great, great grandson of Jack Daniels. Uh, uh-huh, okay. <laughs> so, he, he was from announces being from Whiskey Bend. Um, yeah, I don't know. I don't know who he is. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I, I was always curious about that one. They defeated Carl Fergie, Lucifer, <laughs> the Russian Russian Invader, and Jim Cornette. And, and Jim and Jim Cornette, who, <laughs> and who Jim some confuse as being the same person on occasion. <laughs> Lucifer was refresh me. Uh, either Duke Myers or Frank Morrell. Yes, I think it's Frank Morrell. Well, no, because for a while there they were a tag team, the Prince of Darkness, who I assumed was Kevin Sullivan. <laughs> but, <laughs> but, but but no, here here comes this guy. I you know wearing a devil's mask to the ring with that belly. That it, there are two people who you cannot. You, I don't care if you put them in a burlap sack, but especially a tight bodysuit. Okay, that's the one with the with the big belly sticking out. That's Duke Myers, and the big barrel chest. Mm-hmm. That's Frank Morrell. Jesus. Yes. <laughs> oh so, man. So Russian Invader must have been subbing for somebody because he worked twice. He he beats Tom Pritchard in the next match. Then we have a rare appearance of the fabulous Moolah, and she goes over Judy Martin for the World Women's Title. Southern Tag Titles, the Bruise Brothers are taking over Tommy Rogers and Coco Ware, Stagger Lee. I guess they, uh, they've respected themselves into a tag team here. It looks like it. Then we have Norvell, Condry, and Landell over Ricky Gibson, Rock and Rolls, and yet another match in their series. CWA Tag Titles, and I want you to explain this. Mm. The Assassins regained their titles that they had just won the week before but lost on television to Robert Reed and Ken Ray. Yes. Explain that. Uh, yes, uh, that is when we're Hart and the Assassins come out and they're doing the whole victory party thing. I think with the streamers and the hats or whatever, celebrating, really crowing that they defeated the fabulous ones. 
and they're going into the ring and, and Hart's like, who, who, you know, who have you got lined up? We don't have any competition around here. And it's Reed and Ray pretty goes, Oh, two of the dropouts of the Jerry Lawler school of wrestling. Tell you what we're going to do. We're going <laughs> to, we're going to make this through exciting. We're going to put the world tag team title trophy up. <laughs> Actually, it was funny. Cause I think Hart always said belts, <laughs> but it was just, yeah, but no, it, it was just this, this stupid trophy. That, that 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 the poor individuals who had to travel the world had to lug around. Uh, which, which, which must have been, all the all the uh, all the yeah, it must have been a major major pain in the ass. But uh, and and as uh, the assassins are just you know obviously beating beating the hell out of these two guys and lifting them up at the count of two, and somehow the referee gets distracted. Doesn't take much with Jerry Calhoun. And one of the assassins is going to come over the top rope or something. No, I think they was going to do the slingshot move and somehow either Stan or Stan and st- whoever it was, Stan or Steve, what, one of them runs out, they run out too early and then they get back behind the camp and the crowd cheers. And then he's like, Oh no, wait a minute. And then I think he gets behind one of the, Whoops. yeah, he gets behind one of the cameras, but he, but he covers it by going, Shh. And hide. Yeah, yeah, then he comes out and screws up their finishing move, and they get a and somehow Robert Reed or Ken Raper one winds up on. I think I think I think Reed got the pin because he was Lawler's closest buddy, so I think probably he got it. And they run out the Fabs, Lawler, Mantel, everybody. They run out, give them the big celebration, and you know they hold the trophy up. It's the best moment since uh, Rudy Rudiker at. Uh, Notre Dame Stadium back in the 70s. <laughs> so, of course, we get an automatic rematch at the Coliseum and the Assassins kill him. Oh, man, they did. They gave him, like, yeah, that was brutal. I remember they were giving them pile drivers on the on the floor, which, yikes. You have to understand how over the pile driver was in Memphis. So a pile driver on the floor, forget about it. You might as well notify his next to Ken. <laughs> yeah. Exactly. Well, you know, Lucifer was there, so yeah. I guess you know he could have <laughs> put his hand there or something on the on Robert Ken Raper. And then the the assassins immediately have a match with the Fabs, which goes to no contest. And Idol Lawler, Mantel over Moondogs and Mad Mountain Link as your main event. It's Halloween, so we got Lucifer and Mad Mountain Link on the card. Yeah, a lot, lot of people wearing masks. Uh, Mula. Uh... <laughs> Yeah, well, she's scary for a lot of people, <laughs> including Diamond. Oh Will. my gosh! Yeah, 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 yeah. Got, got, got a lot of masks going. The same, and or wild gimmicks like the Moon Dogs, Man Mountain Link. Uh, yeah, yeah. So not not a bad card. Oh, and actually, and this I think this is the night. And I man, I so wanted to go to this card. For uh, the, I mean, the lineup is is not is not too bad, but uh, I remember they were going to have three doors, and I think it was going to be the Rock and Roll Express, Lawler, and the Fabulous ones. They were going to have three doors constructed around the parking lot where kids could go up and trick or treat. Yeah, wow. so they were encouraging all the fans to dress up in their costumes. They either, I thought it, I thought it was an '82, but maybe maybe it was '83 because because it, it's falling on uh, Halloween night. Well, how old were you in '83? Uh, let's say I was 12. What would you have dressed up as? <laughs> oh God, man, oh man, I don't know. Um, mini mini Lance Russell. I don't. Uh, I pro- well, if I was going to the wrestling matches, I probably would have tried to put on. 
you know, because my friend and uh, Joe Bernard back in school, we used to like uh, make uh, the the uh, the goatee, the crown shaped black goatee, and we yeah, uh-huh. we would affix those to our chins and strut around like we own the place. So I, pro- I probably would have <laughs> said so you could have got like a, you could have got like a banana tight to your face and banana nose. <laughs> <laughs> I thought you were gonna say Kamala for a second. <laughs> For years, Kamala thought that he goes, King, can I ask you a question? He's like, How come you paint it? And I don't mean to admit, go, see, suddenly, I get, see, everyone's going, I see, that guy's a racist. Uh, I go into my Amos and Andy voice <laughs> as soon as I start talking about Kamala. Jeez. He, <clears throat> anyway, <laughs> he says, uh, This is Mr. Harris, Kamala. <clears throat> Uh, Jerry, uh, well, pardon me. Um, uh, <laughs> why uh, uh, did you paint uh, a, a banana of all things across my abdominal area? And Lawler's like, "You idiot! <laughs> that's not a banana. <laughs> that's that's the moon." <laughs> God bless him. Poor old Kabbalah. Well, who knows? All right. <laughs> well, we go to November 7th. Uh, and a week later, 4605 in the Coliseum. U.S. Steel over Carl Fergie. Um, is this Charles Atlas? Uh, I don't know. I, I, I remember... Tony's brother. No, I, re- I just remember a guy coming out, and it, he almost looked like... But he wasn't nearly as big as Fred Ottman. Coming out, like, you know, jeans, work boots, and a hard hat, and just hmm. looked like he was the shits. I've never really seen a whole lot of TV from this time period. I've just seen, like, the like the highlights. <laughs> no, never seen the full show. No relation, no relation to TD still. <laughs> <laughs> the come, legendary team. Yeah, it would come later. Yes. <laughs> yes. U.S. Steel over Carl Fergie. Russian Invader, who has a, should have a natural feud with U.S. Steel, over Bobby Fulton. Then we had Austin and Conjure over Bobby Eaton and Jaguar. Now, it's a good thing the Russian Invader brought all that wheat because if he's working, he's been working in the second or first match for weeks now. So he's not, he's not making <laughs> He's not making a lot of bread here. So, anyway. <laughs> oh, man. Um, then we have uh, Buddy Landell retained the Mid-America title over Tom Pritchard. Uh, 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 Southern Tag Title. That's probably a great match. Yeah, I'm sure it was for that time, for sure. Then with Southern Tag Titles, the Rock and Roll Express win the belts from the Bruce Brothers, and they had some. Really fun match against each other. Now, was this yeah. the one where uh, afterward they just – it looks like they just kill Paul, Paul Morton, the, the, the referee? Uh, it's it, it, either this okay. one or the next All one right. that they have. But, yeah, they, they – I think maybe that's – they had a few matches in this time. Yeah, period, but in so. one of them, you know, because Paul was sort of sort of the babyface ref, uh, I felt like. Uh, you know, when, when Dundee would do that, it's hard to say that this was Dundee's – finishing move because it required the heel to set it up where he would throw the guy into the into the into the uh corner and Dundee, you know jump up turn around catch him with the flying body press and boy morton would just like it was just, you know just just that I, the quickest three count you've ever seen in your life uh, and i believe he did that here 
know, and you know, they never came. Maybe they mentioned it a couple of times that Paul Morton was Rick Morton's dad, and man, oh yeah, yeah, and then and then they just <laughs> laid him out. And uh, and Paul Morton looked like he was dead. And then they, they actually do the old, you know, Bob Armstrong thing where he's in the hospital and they're and the the Rock and Roll Express is is at uh, Paul Paul Morton's side. I swear to God, it it looks like like a, a mummy without its bandages, pretty pretty much. Lying there. <laughs> yeah, it is something else. I always thought I always thought Paul Paul Morton looked like a giant Skylola. Uh, <laughs> and Paul Morton, Paul Morton was one of those guys too. You know, he he uh, also drove uh, the ring truck, so he was. Paul Morton's also a dude, from what I understand, that you didn't want to fight him. Uh, well, <laughs> he kicked your ass. Probably, yeah. I mean, I heard he was a tough old dude. Well, he's got all that ink all over him. He looks like a tough. Yeah, yeah. he looks like he looks like a tough little bastard. Yeah. Then we have uh, Bill Dundee winning the U.S. Junior Heavyweight title from Tommy Rogers. Yeah. So Dundee, a new, back in the Junior Heavyweight And I believe Junior. to set up this feud, if, if, if you've ever seen the Bill Dundee Bad Reputation video where he just slaps Tommy Rogers. <laughs> <laughs> oh, yeah. This is basically his real yeah, big turn yeah, now. Yeah. And this was a good match. I really enjoyed this match. Jason Ventura, Southern Heavyweight title match, retains over Stagger Lee. Yeah, that's an odd, that's an odd one, have, isn't it? Yeah, it is, isn't it? And then we have False Count Anywhere match. Idol, Lawler, and Mantel go to a no contest. Wait a minute. How can, no How can you go to a no contest? <laughs> a, it happened. How? What do I mean? I've seen it happen way too many times during wrestling results. <laughs> How about Texas death matches and count outs? I've said too much. Well, that could happen before. because if a guy, okay, he's counted out, but. If you're talking, are you talking about a southern, like a real Texas death match where they have to do the count of ten? Well, yeah. then, if, yeah, if a guy's counted out and then can't get to his feet, I mean, I can see where that would that would work. But I hate the, I hate the, uh, you know, the WWF and their bullshit Texas death matches. Just, yeah, the Texas death matches. Yeah, they, well, they, they, they were essentially just no <laughs> DQ matches. Yeah, pretty much. That was their version. Crap. Yeah. Then we have a the main event hair versus mass match for the vacant CWA tag titles as the fabulous ones win the belt. No, the trophy. The tro back, <laughs> with, trophy. Excuse me. Had a Jimmy Hart moment. Win the trophy back from. So the we're attack. supposed to believe that the CWA World Tag Team Title that that has not been mentioned since 1981. I think the last champions were Jerry Lawler and Tommy Rich. Rich vacates that title to go back to Atlanta. The next month wins the NWA heavy, the world heavyweight title. So really, the CWA tag team titles are like a stepping stone. <laughs> to, to the, not the Missouri championship. It was the... <laughs> but anyway, so... And then those belts are never heard from... Uh, 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 they, they actually had belts back then. Yeah, that yeah I think they man. were some... They, I don't know where they got those belts from. They were, they were, they looked like seriously like they were made in a shop class. And then <laughs> uh, they come from Trywalk. Yeah, but Jarrett sold those in a garage sale, <laughs> so they, so they have to dig out the. So the fabulous ones are so upset, and will do anything to get this trophy back that, that both of them put up their hair. Sure, that's that's about as an obvious a finish. As a, a Mr. Wrestling 2 match yes. match. You know, we know who's winning mm -hmm. this one. 
<laughs> Good Lord. All right, a week later, on the 14th, 3,800 fans of the Coliseum. Carl Fergie, the grappler, so I guess Lynn Denton solo, Buddy Landell and the Russian Invader defeated the Jaguar, Dutch Mantel, Tom Pritchard, and Robert Reed. Dutch Mantel's got to be going, what the fuck? <laughs> I was just, a year ago, people were screaming my name over Lawler's. <laughs> <laughs> he was just in the, in, in the main event six man. God, I mean, did he join Lawler's softball team? <laughs> <laughs> I just I guess he had the short end of the straw that week or something. I don't mm-hmm. know. But here's the rest of the car. The Moon Dogs. What sounds like a barn burner. Second, second second match over Plowboy Frazier <laughs> and US Steel. <laughs> My I can't believe that I think Bill I think maybe Ah man, was Bill Watts at this card? He came in soon. I don't think okay, it's Yeah, because I'm sure if he had seen that main event, he would have gone, what the fuck? <laughs> yes. Then we have the Assassins over Bobby Eaton and Coco Ware reunited again. Yes. Right? For a match. And he beat the A-team. One of the all-time great teams. Yeah, what a great team. And then we have uh, the U.S. Junior Heavyweight title. Bill Dundee retained over Tommy Rogers. Austin Allen over Carl Fergie. Somebody must have no-showed. Yeah, you would think. At th- this point in the card, somebody's not here. Maybe it's Ventura. Uh, yeah, that's, you know what? I think you're right. Yeah. 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 Then we have the Bruce Brothers regaining a Southern Tag Titles and Rock and Roll Express, of course. Then we have Austin O'Connor win the CWF trophy. CWF, CWA trophy against oh. the fabulous ones. And your main event, handicap boxing match. Not a foxy boxing match, but a handicap hey. boxing match. Jimmy Hart and Andy Kaufman over Jerry Lawler by disqualification. <laughs> and when both pin Lawler. Now, um, 3,800 fans. Uh, that's the thing I look yeah, at. And that, t- man, and that just tells you. Uh, the fans were just, they, they were not in. I mean, they, 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 they re- all the danger of the Lawler Kaufman thing that, that was, that felt so real and, and was one of the most edgiest, one of the edgiest things ever in wrestling has been relegated to a joke at this point. And they all realize kind of, I think the fans kind of felt a, a little betrayed, like, oh, okay. It's so all along, this has been just part of the show. You know what I mean? It, it, they really didn't yeah. take care of it after, um, I, th- I think the last, I think the last time it, it really drew any money was in, April or May of that year when Lawler uh, defeated Kaufman and oh and the Colossus of Death and you'll never get you'll never guess who that was uh absolutely (laughs) yeah it's become you know repetitive and pouring although we do although we do get the amazing fireball that Lawler threw on Kaufman that that was pretty badass oh well Kaufman sitting in the chair and Lawler oh, just lighting him up. Fierce. Got him, got him, got him a good one. <laughs> yes. You you made a fireball. From I Lawler, did, right? man. Yeah, man. I got the. I don't want to brag, but um, I got the pile driver on a few occasions and a fireball. So my my life is uh, complete. <laughs> I'm telling you. I'm telling you, man. You, that's something to brag about. Oh, dude. Sure. It, 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 the, um, the only thing is, and I actually I, I tracked it down uh, on YouTube, the, the spot where he – and, oh, actually, I got two fireballs. One, one of which – remember, he threw, he, he threw one at my, at my uh, Florida State starter jacket. 
Yes. Bert burned a hole through it. And, and I think I told you the story where we're in the back and the camera comes through from a commercial break to film Brian doing something in the back. And we think it's on. And Law and I'm holding the jacket. Lawler's got a lighter. And we're both like, ah. <laughs> 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 oh man. Live television. Yes. Oh my gosh. Can you imagine? <laughs> Uh, but uh, at any rate, so, so yeah, two two lower levels. So. Exactly. So. All right. Then, then a week later, the twenty first, thirty eight hundred forty one, Jaguar the Grappler, Assassins of Art Cruz and U.S. Steel. Art Cruz hitting here. Uh, Moon Dolls over Plowboy Frazier and Tom Pritchard. Mid American Heavyweight Title, Buddy Landell retained over Bobby Eaton. I'm sure that sounds. Oh, that got. Sure. Oh no, man, that could have been good. If they, not, yeah. not sure what kind of time they had, but. Yeah, U.S. Junior Way title, Bill Dundee retained over Coco. Another, that, which another, they, another good one, yeah. probably. Yeah, exactly. And then uh, Southern Tag Titles, Bruise Brothers retained over Rock and Rolls. Third straight week there, going at it. Southern Way title, and this is coming off of the, uh, I think, the wheat angle. Jerry Lawler retained over the Russian Invader. So now he's finally in the title scene. Oh, he's now making some wait bread. a minute now. We have, we have to explain how Lawler won the championship. Oh, yes, please explain yes, be- as you speculated, uh, it seems like Idol would have gotten that belt on a forfeit uh, because clearly that's who Fergie was uh, filling in for. Um, now, I, now I, I do believe this part of Ventura's story that he had some kind of personal family thing come up, and Lawler said, "Hey, you know," uh, he goes, "Man, I, I don't know when when I'm going to be able to get back to." And he goes, "You know, I was I was fully going to drop the title back to him." Uh, but you know something happened. I said it might be five week, five or six weeks, and so they just went ahead and and uh, and got the belt back. But Lawler said that uh, came out there with the title on you know Lance goes, oh my boy Jerry, and look at this, he's carrying the Southern Heavyweight Championship. Jerry, oh my goodness, what a set of circumstances this was, partner. He's <laughs> Lawler's like he's like yeah, he goes you know I had a rare day off on Wednesday. I'm, you know, sitting around and uh, boy, I get, I get a phone call and uh, uh, Jesse Ventura is, is scheduled to defend the Southern Heavyweight Title that night in Chicago. <laughs> <laughs> what? South by Chicago. I get and, and Lawler goes <laughs> Wahoo McDaniel's. Of yes, course. of course. <laughs> uh, and uh, and but Wahoo discovered that he didn't have a reservation. <laughs> <laughs> so, so well, no, that's what Lawler said. I know. I, 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 well, know. I don't know if he did, but he probably did. <laughs> he probably did. <laughs> if he didn't, he should have. <laughs> so, so, on a late substitution, because you know the fans from Chicago want to see a Southern heavyweight title match. Of course, <laughs> Lawler goes up there, has him in trouble from the word go, and ten minutes later, he's strutting out of Chicago, wearing that Southern Neighborhood Championship, baby. Yep, and here he is, defending his Russian Invader. Now, here's the key to this. Like I said, the weed angle is. I, think, I see. I keep, thinking, I, see I keep thinking you're seeing weed. I'm going <laughs> the weed. Hmm, wait a minute. Now, there's the day after movie airs the day before this show right so you have you have a nation 100 million people watch that fucking thing you have a nation of people that is fucking scared shitless Mm -hmm. over this movie 
And now Lawler is doing this deal with the Russian invader. <laughs> Who's been toiling <laughs> in prelims. Yes. Who, who Tom Pritchard Ooh. has made him his bitch. <laughs> but suddenly gets new life, probably out of all that weed he was eating. Um, if, 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 yeah, for you guys who don't know about the day after, do, do a little reading up on it. It was a cultural phenomenon. Yeah. Ronald Reagan was supposed to was depressed. I'm watching the film. Yeah, that's heartbreaking to hear. It, I mean, it was so real to people that they were actually scared to death that this was going to happen. Basically, Russia wipes out a town. I mean, it's basically like a, a nuclear holocaust. And people were scared to death it was going to happen. Looked, the the new, news after the movie was talking about I mean, it was it, decim it decimated this town. This town looked like Jonesboro, Arkansas does today. <laughs> <laughs> oh god <laughs> don't they still stand is the american legion arena because it will never go, go away <laughs> well only, only the cockroaches and randy hale survived uh <laughs> <laughs> oh man so the Lawler beats the Invader, and then we have a CWA tag title match as Idol Mantel regain the CWA titles after, many, after two years not having it over Austin and Condry. And then our main event, another boxing match, Lawler over Call. And this is when Jerry Jarrett, and dude, it says 38-41. I'm betting that it was under three because um, a lot of times, you know, you didn't get the, the true – published report they're usually off by like anywhere between five and eight hundred fans so I'm, I'm they were lucky to get probably three thousand for this and poor andy at this point i mean you can tell you know he i think this is around the time he taped his last segment on the jerry lawler show and man he looks terrible and he's and he you know in hindsight you know you're just you're looking back at it and he's he's coughing uh, having called yeah. a bit, and yeah, just and he and he told Jerry at that point uh, on his last thing, and and, Law, and Lawler was just you know absolutely he was shocked for for two reasons, uh, one that Andy you know had always been such a straight laced guy knew he didn't drink knew he didn't smoke and you know how can somebody who doesn't smoke have lung cancer because that's that's pretty much what you associated lung cancer with in the eighties, um. Most well, still do, yeah. Really. It's, it, it was it was it was just incredible. Um, and also, why are you here? <laughs> if if does he yeah, love wrestling? Yeah, I think he wanted to to do it a couple more times, man. Because he that, and that is a yeah. that is a testament to to how much he loved it, man. Uh, oh, he loved it yeah. definitely. Uh, to be a bigger star as he was, and, and you know, and to spend the time in wrestling, they did. I mean, so but it is so this is the, so I think this is the point where Jerry Jarrett takes the book back because uh, no more silly matches in the main event. Uh, Lawler comes out and, and Lawler goes out the following Saturday and addresses the situation, saying, "If you look at these, you know, bringing out the wrestling magazines, which he would often do." Uh, you're looking at the AWA top 10. No, I'm not there. NWA top 10, not there. Uh, uh, you know, I, I got to get back uh, into the title picture here. No more tag matches for me for a while. He's going to start knocking off. They're, so they're trying to re recreate the magic of the quest for the title program uh, from 74. Although this one is sort of 
uh, thrown together a little bit. Uh, and the first guy on the list, Ken Patera. So if you're going to start it off, Patera definitely has credibility. Uh, he, you know, beat Lawler, beat Idol, uh, held the Southern title and the international title, I think, at, at different points. Um, and, the, the, he, and he and Lawler had, oddly enough, had a great chemistry together. Like you wouldn't, I don't know, what, uh, you wouldn't think necessarily that Lawler and Patera would match up well together. Uh, but from what, uh, from what I remember, I mean, you know, the matches didn't go long. We're talking like 15 minutes, but they were always, they were always just fantastic because law, because Ken was more than capable, was a great athlete, but also had a pretty good sense of psychology and Lawler just knew how to sell his power moves brilliantly. And Patera. Yeah, Patera was he was a great. Yeah, yeah, he really was. He really was. And Patera also, man, he had no qualms at all about not not only making Lawler, but whoever he was in the ring with. But you know, but you know, as long as he got his stuff in, he would sell like crazy. You know. Oh yeah. Yeah, and so you know, and and which whoever so whoever he was in the ring with, especially Lawler, uh, I think you know typically the. Way the, the those bouts would work. Lawler just, you know, one of those deals. Lawler's a slow starter, as Lance would remind us, and and and, and Pateras is overpowering him. But the, you know, the longer the match goes, Lawler finally, you know, uh, pulls the strap, has an opening, and boom, 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 it's over. Uh, re- really, really easy. And I know Lawler Lawler loved working with Patera. and that and that was a deal. That was a deal where Lawler met him. Um, the same thing with Ventura. You know, uh, he. And this is also around the time, you know, earlier in the year when Lawler was starting, uh, thinking of starting, breaking off from Jarrett, starting his own promotion. So he was talking, you know, to Ventura, uh, Batera, you know, bringing in some of these big guys, some of these big names. Well, Lawler was working more on the AWA yeah. markets. Right, exactly. Yeah. He's working yeah. in Chicago, St. Yeah, I, and I just, you know, I, I, I starting a new segment on KFR Pod, uh, the, the Kentucky Fried Wrestling Podcast. Uh, where we start taking a look at uh, Lawler's lost matches, uh, matches uh, that were held outside uh, the territory. Uh, This week we take a look at some in Florida. I had no idea that he had matches with uh, Don Morocco on a few occasions. Mm -hmm. And 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 this had to be a rib. He had three straight nights. Well, well, one night he worked Buzz Sawyer, (laughs) which probably wasn't exactly a walk in the park. And then three <laughs> no. three straight nights, three different towns. Hiro Matsuda, who, probably, who if Lawler hated flare shops, wow! I, I bet, I bet, and I bet the boys in the back just gathered around and watched. And I bet Lawler didn't put it over either. <laughs> yeah, Hero's a tough bastard too. That's for sure. But oh, but, but my oh. point was. I didn't know. Uh, I well, I knew it. I think I, I think I knew at one point, and then when I got Mark James's book uh, with the results, where they were all in one place, and I uh, the Jerry Lawler record book, and I, I Lawler and Bobby Heenan had a singles match, I think in, in Chicago or St. Paul, and I would yes. oh man, if yes, there were is. any video of that. Oh, I know, right? That'd be perfect. For oh. Me. Man, oh man! I you know, and I, and I understand the reasoning for not bringing in Heenan when you had Hart there, but they really could have done something there. You know, uh, 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 something similar that they did with uh, with Dylan. Yeah, JJ. Yeah, JJ. Yeah. All right, uh, the twenty eighth. You mentioned Patera, so let's go over the card. 
the grappler over Tom Pritchard. Jaguar over the Angel. So Frank Morello's got the Angel coming. He goes from Lucifer to the Angel. He's <laughs> yes. Assassins, Dennis Condry, and the Moondogs over Art Cruz, Bobby Eaton, Plowboy Frazier, Robert Gibson, and Stagger Lee. What a match that is! Yeah, this is around that time. Have- this is around that time. I think I, I think uh, Cornette referenced this recently on his, but like, there's still some of these guys who Lawler promised jobs to that are. That- yeah, that's yes. Big so, but I, I think you'll start to see these cards thin out a little bit. Yes. Oh yeah, we're about to get into that. Then uh, here's a sign that Jerry Jerry's booking. Mid-American Way title match, Terry Taylor back in uh, back here, uh, beating Buddy Landell to win the title. Yeah. That, who, Jerry Jarrett, I think, was supposed – I mean, he, from what I gather, he was a, a big fan of Terry Taylor. Yeah. Yeah, he liked Terry. Someday is a diamond. <laughs> oh, yeah. Someday and I guarantee you, Jarrett handpicked that music. <laughs> guarantee you. Uh, and, dude, and – what was it? Uh, this is 83, end of 83, two years before Dusty has these guys in a good spot on Starcade that was supposed to set up Landale's push toward the big time. And here in Memphis, you're seeing it two years before that. So, Well, and then they go to Mid-South basically the same time together yeah, yes, yeah. And, uh, have a few, and have a run there against each other. So, yeah, they had a, they had a little interactions there. Southern Tag Titles, the Fabs, regained those titles, beating the Bruise Brothers. Then we have Dutch Mantel over Norval also by his qualification. U.S. Junior Heavyweight title, Ricky Morton in a singles match over Bill Dundee by his qualification. Dundee retains. And Lawler over Patera to retain the Southern Heavyweight Climbing title. the ratings. So, indeed. Now, November's over with. Big thing is about to happen. Huge thing. Two, two huge things on one card. Which I recently discussed on on KFR. This is one of the biggest nights, not only of the year, but really in Memphis history. If you think it, 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 there's something, two major things that happen on on this show. But I'll let you you, you go ahead. All right. First off, the Fabs have a major match for Southern Tag Team Titles as Animal and Hawk, the Road Warriors, make their debut in Memphis, which is huge. What do you remember? What do you remember about this being announced? At the- uh, I remember, I was uh, it was one of those deals where, I th- probably my mom wanted to get a, you know an early start on Christmas shop- shopping, so I was dragged to the mall, went to the electronics department. There's about 20 people gathered around various television sets, all tuned into wrestling, uh, mostly like you know it's either kids or old men, right? Uh, who are in the same predicament I- I'm in. And I see them go over this card, and not only the Road Warriors, which was – I think that was the original event. And I, th- and I believe underneath was supposed to be Lawler finally getting his win against Ventura and, and being the next WA guy he beats to get the show. Because they've already got some dates on Bachwinkle booked. Bachwinkle's coming in at the first of the year. So um, they're trying to rush along that storyline of Lawler knocking off the top contenders. But they get a phone call. Uh, I, uh, I'm, trying, I'm trying to remember who called who first, or maybe Hart, me Hart was somehow in between. But Randy Savage reaches out with the Olive Branch, and Jarrett 
without even thinking about it, accepts it and, and says, Randy, I can't, cannot wait to have you. And of course your brother can come and your father is more than welcome too. Uh, and Randy's like, gosh, he goes, I, I, Jerry, I thank you. I, I can't believe you're just, you're so willing to forget about this. He goes, well, Randy, you've been booking this match better than anybody else could uh, on the face of the earth for three years. I think by now the people want to see it. Uh, and he was right, but, but I, uh, and I've dice, you know, I really dissected this thing, uh, recently and I, and I, I hate the only, the only way they hit the ball a little bit was that they, they said that Savage was the number seven contender in the AWA. They did, they didn't really play up the fact that he was invading the territory, um, they have Angelo Poffo in the main event, which which is a real tip of the tip of uh, their hand that something's going to happen there, and that Poffo is probably going to get involved in the main event because, dude, if, uh, that that ICW show, while fans in Memphis did not support it at the arena, I think it did pretty good ratings because that was that was excellent television. Um, it was very Memphis like with its booking philosophy, and at times you also maybe had a better overall. Roster. Maybe they didn't have the depth of Memphis at this at this point with all these stacked cards. But man, nine eight three. I see that being well, but well, <laughs> but yeah, but no, but you know what I mean. I'm talking about like in or before before it, it disbanded. Oh, you look at early yeah. eighty eighty yeah, one. Yeah. I mean, well, yeah. and it's a, Garvin Orton Root. Yeah, and it's a shame. And actually, I, yeah. I talked with the with a longtime fan who actually saw Savage's first first matches in WWF after. Uh, I, I told him, I said, yeah, Lawler kicked his ass for the Southern title and sent him on his way. And then he has to go up there and win the Intercontinental title, which you happen to see, but no big deal. The, everybody, everybody knew the King was uh, the, the real uh, top dog in wrestling because uh, he had run the, the, the Macho Man off. But for this, I really think that if they had shot that angle that they did, see, uh, most of the territory thinks, Oh my gosh, they did this incredible angle where they introduced Randy Savage. He just stormed into the studio and demanded a cage match. He, you know, he because he's been chasing Lawler and Lawler's been running. That's not what happened. He, he comes in at first. I don't even know. If, I can't even remember if there was an interview because the 90-minute show, unfortunately, uh, is, is not in circulation. I only saw parts of it because I was, you know, at the department store that day. Uh, but I can tell you, just for me knowing the history between those two. Well, well, real quick, here's the thing. He doesn't work Louisville for, he's on the Louisville shows at all for the couple weeks. Right. Yeah, no, I know. So, I mean, so the rest of Louisville is totally different stuff. Louisville, Louisville's running Lawler. The rest of the territory never sees this whole talk of Lawler knocking off Savage as an AWA contender. They, they do it the right way. The next, week where savage storms the studio but to me it's already like what's the i remember even as a kid and not really understanding exactly the way storylines were supposed to work i just knew what i was reacting to i i just found it strange that lance and dave were so shocked that randy savage was showing up because he had just worked them in south coliseum but the rest yeah it should have been that yes first. yes exactly. yes and and they should have just you know i i know that you had all this talk about Lawler climbing the AWA ratings and, and all that stuff. I don't care. 
you know, you do something special for this because this is something, and it's and it's a real shame that I, that all the ICW guys had scattered at that point because I asked, I asked Rip Rogers, I said, man, did Jarrett uh, try to you know get in touch with anybody else to see if they could come in? And he goes, man, we were all over the place. I didn't even know that Randy was going. I can't even. And I, he was trying to. I think he was trying to tell. Maybe he did some Oregon stuff then, but he wasn't. Rip was in. Rip was in. Uh, okay. Yeah, you're right. That's right. He, yeah, you're right. Uh, Rip was in Southeastern. Wiley and Garvin was in Georgia. Orton was in Crockett. Roop was in Georgia. Yeah. Um, gang. Gang was in Florida. Um, I think all the other money well, players. I mean, well, I mean, you, you got guys like Jeff Sword, Doug Vines that were you know job guys on television. Barry Orton was somewhere i mean you had some of the guys were around but the big names were already in other yeah but savage because he even though rip rogers you know technically was one of the founders of icw lanny was in mid-south but but the oh right oh right 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 i forgot about that but but a lot of guys i don't know for whatever reason and i know that larry uh, madisick was really really high on savage uh yeah he used yeah yeah but uh i guess he was person on Grata uh, still to a lot of other promoters. So he was grateful to, to get the spot. And I think Savage knew that he and Lawler could draw some big money and they did in Kentucky and they late and they did later on in Memphis. But I think after this first show, um, yeah, we'll talk about it because we okay. have to, the show after this tells the story, right? So we'll, we'll, right. We'll, which we'll, is almost shocking really. We, yeah, so we'll we'll go over this card. All right, the f- December fifth show, eight thousand and twelve fans, eight thousand. Yeah, Angelo Papo in the opener over Buddy Landell. Landell wow. uh, walks out, goes, "I'm not wrestling this old man in the opening match," and gets counted out. That's how that. A lot of people have asked about that finish, but that's how that. Okay, well there, there we go. go. Grapplers over Plowboy Frazier and Jaguar, five thousand dollar challenge. Assassins, Bruise Brothers, and the Moon Dogs over Art Cruz, Bobby Eaton, Robert Gibson, Tom Pritchard, Stagger Lee, and Terry Taylor. Another one of those ten man tags. Oh, this is twelve. Is oh God! So it was yeah. So 12. Jared is slowly trying to give every, all these people who Lawler brought in, <laughs> trying to tell it because Lawler couldn't do it. Lawler, <laughs> Lawler always tried to make Jared the bad guy, so Jared had to fire everybody. <clears throat> Then, then the rematch for U.S. Junior Heavyweight title, Dundee retained over Morton. Then Ireland Dutch retained the CWA tag titles over Norval Ireland Dennis Condry. Fabs going to a double disqualification with the Road Warriors in that first ever match. And then Lawler over Savage by DQ yep. to retain the Southern Heavyweight title. Yep. All right, so here's the story. 8,012 fans. They come back the next week. After they did the angle on television where Savage makes his debut in the studio, 4,500 For fans. a steel cage match. Yeah, steel I mean, cage main event. Yeah. But first, we have Art Cruz and Tom Pritchard over Franklin Hayes and Angelo Poffo. Franklin Hayes being the one, the only, Hollywood John Taylor. I did not know that. Yes, he was working. Uh, I was was going to ask about that, but I, okay. All right, interesting. Yep, so that's John Tatum. Cowboy Lang over Little Tokyo. So so wait a minute. So what you're saying is Franklin Hayes, Frankie eventually went to Hollywood. Yes, he sure (laughs) did. 
Uh, All right. I, I see this close right don't now. Good night, everybody. It's great. Relax. Don't do it. <laughs> and then we have Cowboy Lang over Little Tokyo. No, no beaver? No little beaver? No beaver. No. Uh, the Bruise Brothers went to a no contest with the Grapplers. So this is the first of this situation. Both teams are members of the first family. But they're having to wrestle each other. This caused a little rift in the family. I can't remember what started it. I think they were having to wrestle each other because they were uh, it was trying to get like a shot at the, at the tag okay. right. So we have that. Dutch over Dennis uh, Conger. It's probably the Dark Horse best match of the night. Yeah. U.S. Junior Way title, Dundee retained over the Jaguar. <laughs> and then we have another $5,000 challenge here. <laughs> Bobby Eaton, the Fabs, Rock and Rolls, and Stagger Lee. Think about that, folks. <laughs> you have on one side the fabulous ones, the Rock and Rolls, and Eaton and Sugar. Oh, my Wait, God. What happened to Midnight Ex- Future Midnight Express? <laughs> and I have to think, th- you know, I think you and I have speculated that if, uh, that if uh, Watts had, had ever needed Jared's help in 82 and he had seen Eaton and Ware – uh, Mr. Ware's feature might have turned out differently. But think about that. We got Eat oh, and Sugar, All that talent. and the Rock and Rolls together. Three of the greatest tag teams of the decade of yeah. all time. Yeah. yeah. Over the Assassins, the Moondogs, Norval Austin, and the Russian Invader. Then we have a Mid-America title match. J- Terry Taylor retained over Joe LaDuke. Yeah. Uh, by disqualification. Yeah. Making his return. <laughs> Jesus. <laughs> And then we have the steel cage match, which everybody's seen. This has been on many videos over the years. Lawler retained over Savage by DQ when Joe LaDuke scaled the cage. And, well, not, so hey, not only that. scaled the cage, but like a cat. Holy, I mean, yes. good God. Who knew that that guy could move? <laughs> I mean, he's up and over that thing. And I just, I for, oh, man, there's so much to hate about this. Um, this should have been a dream match. This should have been a sellout. And and I just and I think that if if they had maybe stuck to their guns and brought in one of those AWA guys and maybe Savage comes in and attacks Lawler to set it up and then shows up at the studio, Lawler says, "You want me in the ring? Let's do it. First time ever. Let's get it in the ca- you know get in the cage." I think they I think they could have sold the place out, but the just the fact that they brought him in as just another guy that Lawler had to beat. Uh, to get a shot at Bachwinkle, even though a lot of the fans knew the history, it, it was it just it just felt flat. It like the like. Well, do do you do you think that part of this also is because ICW had become basically a shadow of itself? I don't th- no, I don't time. I don't think so. I I, I uh, because I don't even know. I I think they lost their TV in Memphis uh, before that. Yeah, because this time in '83, their cards are. Or yeah, so I don't, I don't, I mean, I mean, fans never really bought them as, as a, you know, we knew that that was not, you know, like the world championship, right? But Savage, but, yeah. you know, but Savage definitely had, had credit, credit, uh, credibility, as did Garvin, as did Roop, uh, Orton Jr. I mean, you could, you know, even though, again, it's hard to say, oh, I knew that they were great workers, but you, you just, as a kid, you're trying to, out this stuff and I couldn't figure out some of the interviews that the ICW guys were doing uh, part of me thought oh they must become you know maybe they're gonna 
fight because that's typically what that meant, right? Uh, and maybe somehow they were working with the Jarrett promotion, you know, before I could understand the inner workings of, of the business. But, uh, and even Rip Rogers says, he goes, to really, I have, I was scratching my head. I had no idea why they kept doing that stuff. Maybe you do that once or twice. He said, but gosh, for months and months. That's Roop. Bob Roop was the main one, really, that was on that. You, oh, really? From what I what are, yeah, I thought. Yeah. Roop, Roop, Roop loved the, the poke and the bear. Huh. What? Okay. Yeah. Well, I know, but Savage was doing it a lot. and. Oh, yeah. Well, I mean, all those guys, you know, and they'll tell you they were all drunk. Oh, yeah. Up. They were psycho. They were all carrying guns. Well, uh, the, the, well, the, I don't know if they were the Jarrett. I don't know if they needed to. The Jarrett guys were maybe after, after. Uh, oh, not not with it. I mean, really, the, the the gun thing was mainly when they were in the feud with Nas. Okay, okay. So when in that, but I know, but Lance Russell told me that you know when they got to Lexington, the rep arena was the only time that uh, he and Dave brought their wives to a show and they were, you know, had tuxedos on and they rented a limo and the whole thing. And they get out and Savage starts scaling the parking lot fence to get in, to get in screaming, Russell, because I guess they had lost, they had a saucer TV in Lexington and replaced it with uh, the Memphis show. And he, and Savage was under the impression that Lance had something to do with it, which he may have. Uh, but he, Lance goes, and then I get to the back and I'm, telling everybody about this and I'm looking around and I realize I'm the only one, Dave, Dave and I are the only ones not carrying guns. <laughs> <laughs> and, and, go, and I said, well, what did you do afterward? He goes, I got Sonny King and walked to my car. Because that's yeah, all you needed. Yeah, he goes, even Savage <laughs> knew you didn't mess with Sonny. <laughs> so, I mean, it's amazing to look at the, num- and we're about to go over something else too. It's amazing. To look at these numbers, you know, uh, for something like that, and the and Leduc being back, Leduc has been gone. Shit, I'm, uh, early eighty one. Uh, yeah, that was yeah. He and Lawler. January yeah, he and Lawler one. had uh had some matches, right? Yeah, I, the, after the King came back from the broken leg, Lawler made yeah. the it. It got lowered from the uh from the top of the Coliseum for that match. Yeah, yeah. and uh. So the Duke's back and he does the the big deal here and I mean the Duke had mainly spent a lot of the time his time in this era in southeastern but he's back as a baby face right mainly yeah, yeah. which uh, kudos to that he did, now he's heel he's heel during the Freebirds run okay but kudos because it's him and the sheep herders okay and that's how Gordy turned kudos to, to kudos to southeastern man because I think they they got a, they saw the potential. Where, where others might not see it, uh, his oddball potential to be a, an over babyface. You know, Memphis. Well, he was a soft-spoken guy. Yeah, yeah, babyface. yeah, yeah. Soft-spoken, serious. But he, dude, he, Leduc is one of my all-time favorite guys. I mean, I, I don't even want to insult him by saying big men, but he's. I, I think he's probably the best big man wrestler uh, I've ever seen. As far as I know, people talk about Blackwell and all that kind of stuff, but. Uh, just oh, the, just everything—the character, the the interviews, the personality, 
the feats of strength. Uh, I mean, you know, you can talk about the oath, the oath or the oath, whatever you want to say, the stunt that almost got him fired. Uh, they, you know, they yeah. they just made it. They just had a meeting with talent two weeks before, going, "We're getting too many complaints about the show being too violent. We got to tone it down." <laughs> two weeks later, <laughs> LeDuc comes out there <laughs> with his axe, and uh, not without anybody. Uh, he's going to slice his arm open on live television. Oh, and Lance, you can just tell Lance's uh, from his from his expression that 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 was that was that was some real shit there, as they would say back home. Yeah, it's it's it's, and he's a made man in Memphis. Yeah, so Duke. I mean, could always come in there, and he's always ready to be in the, put in the main yeah. event. He, well, he's the one who broke Lawler's leg. You know, throwing him over the table. That spot. So, yeah, oh yeah, I, I, I mean, spot. it's almost like the Stomper. You know, the Stomper lost. Some of that aura when uh, they abruptly fired uh, Bearcat Wright, and he went out there and cut a promo with a Southern draw, <laughs> and they quickly booked him in a loser leap town match with Lawler that drew four thousand <laughs> instead of the sellout that they had done. Um, well, you know, they, they had to wait a few years, and but they brought him back, and he was over like crazy again. And this match, I watched this match so much as a as a youngster because I had this on one of those videos, mm-hmm. uh, the yes, matches. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and I, I remember buying it. Do you remember, uh, pace? Uh, the pay, like it was, a, it's like Sam's club, but it's called, pace. Uh, we, it was like, no, we, did, one of no we didn't have that. We didn't, I, I know what you mean. I know the tape. I know the exact tapes you mean. It had like an illustration, uh, almost like almost like yeah. Lawler had drawn it, but it wasn't Lawler's word. Yeah. yeah. I bought it at Pace. Yeah. Pace was like a Sam. Yeah, okay. Back in those days. And they sold videotapes. And I saw this thing. I was like, wow, this is a cool-looking wrestling videotape. Uh, looking at it, and it's all – it's mainly all – the series is all Memphis matches and some 80 – early 82, late 81 Mid-South. You know, you know, you know who uh, that Memphis stuff came from, who made money off it? It, well, I know uh, the video stuff came from uh, Pedro Martinez. Well, well but uh, Kid yes, Parker and I mean, all that stuff. Angelo Poffo. Yeah. So, yeah, because ICW yeah. Library. Yeah, because he told Jared, he goes, gosh, you know, I got no promotion now, but I still got all these slots. How about if I use your, your tapes? <laughs> so Jared would give him these, these pristine copies of the shows. And- well, yeah, I got, I got, I got uh, quite a few ICW television episodes from 84. And they aired matches on those shows that aired nowhere else. Yeah, I'll bet. From the arena, from Mid-South Coliseum. Oh, wow. Do you have the complete Lawler-Bachwinkle match that we're about to get into? Uh, from uh, from, January, from uh, January 1st, 84? I don't know if I have the complete version. No, I'll have, that, to, I'll have that, to look. I'll yeah, that, that's one of the best. I, I, I was at that match live, and uh, uh, one of the – it was a slow burn. And, and there's maybe about eight – maybe – there's two or three versions on YouTube. I think the longest I've ever seen is like 18 minutes, but that, I think it went about 40. Um, but yeah. man, it, it, it was fantastic. Yeah. All right. Let's get back to December here. The next week, 2,480 fans I know. at the Coliseum on the 19th. Art Cruz, Bobby Eaton, the Jaguar, and Ricky Morton. Wow. Over the Moondogs, Angelo Poffo, and Franklin Hayes. <laughs> Stan Frazier, Plowboy Frazier, and Little Tokyo over Terry Taylor and Cowboy Lang. Jesus. Well, 
What a bizarre card. I, I know, right? <laughs> Building D and Harley Davidson over the fabulous ones. Well, he was Jim. Mo- he was Harley Jim Morris here, I think. Really? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So, so he been Big yeah. Jim. Okay, it was this Harley Davidson, okay. but Big Jim Morris. Yeah, this is it, and this is his first. Would this be his first match? Uh, first one in Memphis. I don't know. I don't know how much experience he had. And Dundee has brought him in. Dundee has now started feuding with the Fabs, Steve Kern mainly. And uh, he's brought in his friend Big Jim yeah. <laughs> to be his I, partner. What, I, can't, I can't remember. <sighs> maybe maybe he said they met like a you know, riding out, riding Harleys or something. And that's where the later, yeah. later gimmick came from. I'm not, I'm not sure, but, uh, but yeah, I guess cause he, you know, he looked a little like Jim Morris, uh, Jim Morrison with the, with the beard, uh, like Jim Morrison on steroids, I guess, but. Yes. The big Jim. Yeah. So big Jim's here. Then we have no DQ match. Bruce brothers go to a double count out with the grapplers. That's the first family, uh, tag teams are going at it. Loser leaves town match. Mm. Dutch Mantel over Dennis Condry. Do you want to win Dennis Condry? Um, <laughs> I believe uh, you're setting up a midnight special there. Uh, hey, you know what? And actually, hey. I can pinpoint it for you. The night, one of the nights. I'm not. I'm not sure if Watts was there one or two nights, but I can pinpoint. Hang on a second. Let me find this. It was because uh, Cornette interfered. Ah, I'm pretty sure that Watts came in on November 14th. Hang on a second. I used to know this. Well, uh, to, 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 give you, to give you some clarity here. No, uh, no. The midnight, no, 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 no. I got it. The Midnight's first Mid-South TV taping match took place November 23rd. Okay, okay so I th- I'm almost positive that... Watts came in on October 31st because you're wondering why is, why is Jim Cornette wrestling in the opening match? Because Cornette said that night they had me do everything, you know, and I believe the no contest, uh, I believe it's either that night or, or the, or the next week when the, when, I don't know, because the Fabs win. He does something to screw the Fabs because the and, they, and then the Fabs come out later to get revenge and they attack Cornette and beat the hell out of him. And then they do that great interview where you know Cornette has to stop as he's driving from Louisville to make Memphis TV. He has to stop like thirty minutes outside of town to put on like all these bandages and stuff. And he comes out and Lance is like going, "Ah, oh, you're not even going to tell us about what's wrong with Jimmy Cornette." He goes, "Oh, Jimmy Cornette's fine. He's just a little under the weather." <laughs> <laughs> but so it was around. Well, yeah, so it was I mean, around that time. So the, yeah, the the Midnight's debut on uh, they do their first TV match on the twenty third. Okay. Against Mike Jackson and Rick Rudd. Yeah, Rick Rudd. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, then we uh, had the Fabs and Roughhouse. Roughhouse working again over. Uh, I, I get at this point, are they the A team yet? Uh, and the Russian Invader, because the Assassins become the A team. Yes, they, actually, yeah, because they they lose the mask to the Fabs, and, so they, they, and then he go, and then he, and, there you go, and then Lance goes. Oh, I guess you're you're probably pretty upset about 
losing, you know, the, the assassins lost their mask. And so I can only assume that's the end of the team. Uh, they, that's the end of an era. And, and Hart goes, well, yeah, I guess you could say that. But boy, I'm really excited about this new tag team. <laughs> and he brings them out. And, he's, <laughs> and it's this, obviously the same guys uh, wearing the camouflage makeup and the outfits. Oh, my gosh. Yeah. Classic. And your, ma- and your main event, Idol and Lawler. Over LaDuke and Savage by DQ, only drawing 24. The Macho Lumberjacks. Yes, the Macho Lumberjacks. <laughs> <laughs> and I, I, well, you know, and here's the thing, too. Um, a, lot, a lot of times these Christmas uh, – if you look at – I think the, I think the following year, uh, we're, you know, to get really far ahead of ourselves, I think a Lawler Idol – against Patera Blackwell match for the AWA World Tag Team titles, which is kind of a fresh <clears throat> matchup that you haven't seen before. That occurs around Christmas time, I think. And they drew about 3,000. It, it, the week before Christmas, I think, was 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 usually pretty tough. Uh, although in 82, they did very well, I think. Uh, and on December 27th, 82, as we referred to last, I think uh, a couple of shows back, uh, the near sellout for Lawler's apparent title went over Bockwinkle. That was, uh, uh, I think, just short of 11,000 fans. And to give you a, a, the gist of uh, like how different the territory was, I mean, in Louisville the next night, Les Thornton's in working Dundee for the NWA World Junior Way title. Yeah, he came in. Uh, did he face Coco at some point for? Uh, not, not in Memphis. Oh. Okay, <laughs> But he did Louisville. Now he's doing. He was work. He worked the next night in Louisville over over Dundee, and you have Morton and Valiant over the A team. Hmm. I mean, just a different different type of a lineup there, <laughs> and then in the in the Louisville show. All right, the end of the year, December twenty sixth, six thousand four fifty. So the crowd's gone up. Uh, Angelo Poff over Jim Jameson. Handicap match: Plowboy Frazier over Ken Raper and Robert Reed. Dutch and Coco over the Moon Dogs. Penny Mitchell and Darling Dagmar with Donna Christianello and Diamond Lil. You got a little bit of everything going on here. <laughs> Norbert Austin and Sabu. Coco Samoa back of Sabu over Art Cruz and the Jaguar. Rocket Rolls over the A-Team. Loser lead the first family match. The Grapplers defeated the Bruise Brothers. Men America Way Todd and Randy Savage over Terry Taylor. See, they are they already split up Lawler and Savage after two weeks. They've been built. And Terry Taylor, of course, is about to go to yeah, Mid South. Yeah, yes. Yeah. Loser leave town mm. match. Steve Kern over Bill. Where Dundee. could Dundee be going? A, yeah, and, and, and again, we just saw this with Dundee and Lawler. Right. <laughs> Dundee Dundee and Kern start up their feud a week and then a week later, loser leave town yeah. match. <laughs> Yeah, wow. it seems rather abrupt. <laughs> yeah, where's what's Dundee yeah. cooking? And then n- number one contender match for the AWA World Heavyweight title, Jerry Lawler over Austin Idol. And this was set up, they teased strongly that Idol was going to turn heel because uh, Hart was making some overtures, first to Lawler, uh, that, you know, Idol's a snake in the grass, you know, all this kind of stuff. I think they showed some old videos of, of what Idol had done to, to the King and Lawler said, no way. And then Idol's not in the studio, but Hart gets on the phone. They do that deal where they bring this a phone out and he calls Idol and Idol's like, ah. and I think, I think on top of it, Hart offers him a, 
$5,000 signing bonus. And you, we all know what Austin Idol will do for $5,000. <laughs> you know, he'll take an oversized check and cash it. At, uh, yeah, that's right. He sure bank. will. But uh, so, yeah, that was teased, but didn't happen. Uh, Lawler gets the win. I think they did a kind of like a knockout finish where they, after, you know, battling back and forth after about 30 minutes and they smack and Lawler just happens to land on top. I, I think that's what they did. So, yeah, it, and Idol had, you know, had been a heel early in the year, but of course they did the deal with, as we talked about in the previous show, where the respect for Idol and Lawler with each other, and they formed a bond as a team, and they're, you know, they're still cool together. Now Dundee leaving town. Um, this is a different era. Nobody knows what's going on. But why do you think they did this like this so quick at that? Oh time? man, I, I was really, I didn't, I didn't get it. And 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 this too happened at this. This is around the time that I was. Uh, I was playing in a traveling for a traveling soccer team. Only in the South do you play um, soccer in the fall. But um, I was I was uh, so I, I missed some Saturday shows, and I remember just being really confused why Dundee first the issue how the how the issue was the current escalated so quickly to this point that it was a uh, loser leave town. Um, and, it, and you just had that vibe, that field, that something was on. Like, even though I didn't understand that deals were being made and that guys would leave the area that way when they had when they were you know stale and needed to go somewhere else or had a better opportunity, uh, it just felt like Dundee was on his way out. I, re, I do remember that, and I wasn't surprised at all when 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 Kern uh, got the win. You know, I was talking with uh, Howard Baum, who I don't, I'm not sure if you know, you probably know of him. Uh, Oh yeah, I, I yeah I know I know of him well, and uh, one of these days I'm gonna try to get him. Yeah, dude, he's yeah, just yeah. Uh, he he was my guest. He, well, I, I guess it'll be this week. It's dropped in Saturday, but we taped the other night, and uh, God, we're like kindred kindred spirits in a way. But uh, I I remember, and this is also funny because I was also at the department store <laughs> in the mall in the electronics section when the tag team of the year, the new fabulous ones, uh, who dark, oh, yeah. dark real dark horses to win tag team of the year. That year, because <laughs> they don't. <laughs> oh yeah, we we did a we did a we did a uh, we did a uh, between the sheets on that week with Pete Lederberg, okay. who, who was in the oh, studio, who was part of that yeah, angle. Who, clean, who Baum says takes credit for the entire angle. <laughs> well, he he him and he said him and Eddie okay. talk, were, were, did the groundwork mainly. Talked well, about okay. Because he was he was he was tight with Eddie. Yeah, no, which I get, dude. Yeah, I mean, I, my heel turn came about because I talked to Eddie, so I could. Because Eddie was Eddie was big in WFIA. Yeah, yeah, and he would. Yeah, so he told me that at first. And I went, oh come on, and then I went, wait a minute, wait a minute, hang on a second. No, I could see that. I could see him getting in Eddie's. I, but I almost can't believe. Uh, it, it wasn't surprising to me that Howard didn't know what was going to happen. You know, because I bet I'm almost surprised that either one of them were told. But I guess if it since it was Pete's idea uh, that that he would have to be in on it. But he goes, man, I was so nervous. He goes, and because my my next question was, you know, I go, who the hell voted for the new fabulous ones? Did Peggy Gilbert stuff the ballot box? I mean, <laughs> come on. Did, Peggy, the Peggies, uh, Peggy Gilbert. Yeah, Peggy the Peggies, yes. The two pe How about that? I didn't. I forgot about that. The, the two Peggies. 
<laughs> Stuff the ballot box, even though they, they were uh, only. Uh, well, Steely Dan always said, "Peg, it will come back." Yes, to you. exactly. But uh, yeah, some somehow they won tag team of the year despite only being together for three months. Very much, most of the towns they were booed <laughs> unmercifully, even though they were baby faces. Uh, the angle does not even work uh, because. Yeah, we'll be getting right. in the, into that on future shows. Right. You know definitely. me, man. I just I get going. Yeah, I know you're you're setting the table. Yeah, you're setting you're you're, <laughs> you're setting the table for the future. But I'm a master, uh, I'm a master yeah. storyteller. Y- yes, you are. Yes, you're like Lance. Yes. You're a master storyteller. But uh, but yeah, I mean, you, you can see that it's changing though. There's no multi tag match on the show. They're starting to weed yeah weed them out a little bit. You know, I have to wonder though, what Luthes would have thought of that fourth match on the court. <laughs> <laughs> well, Luthes, I'm sure in his day, worked a lot of shows with well, the women. Well, yeah, but you had and the female. Yeah, but a mixed yeah. women. <laughs> well, I, oh, I've been. I've been I, I, in my research, I, we there's matches like that goes back in the sixties with, with Moolah and her crew. So God. it happened. So I understand what yeah. you're saying. So we're gonna have a mixed women's midget tag match. That happened a lot. Oh, WWF did it a lot. WWF. Yeah. Oh, man. Okay. I, I, I remember, I love, I think the best commentary that I've ever heard during a midget match was uh, Watts. I don't think Watts used them a lot, but he used them on, a, on, a, on Mid-South TV. And he goes, I know what a lot of you kids are thinking. Hell, I could whip one of them. No, sir. These are mighty, mighty little mini men. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. Oh my gosh. <laughs> so as we end nineteen eighty three, this is one of those years in Memphis history that's always we remember because the talent that came through during the entire year eighty three was as strong as probably ever in the territory. Um because of you know the stuff that was going on behind the scenes. So as you're ending 83 and Savage is now a champion in a territory and we got what we got right now. What is your feelings going into 1984? Man, I'm all excited. I'm just, my heart's a flutter because I know that Bachwinkle's coming in and uh, I've said it before, but Bachwinkle is my favorite opponent for Lawler. Uh, and they were special. And I saw it. It's funny because I, as I said, I, I didn't get to go to the Coliseum, uh, many times during the year, but because because of that fact, I vivid. I have. I mean, it's, it's it's unbelievable the details that I remember of each card I attended. Now, had I gone every week, uh, like Kevin Lawler, you know, it, it's hard for him to re- recall stuff. It's almost like being one of the boys, you know, who are always on the road. They don't remember the specifics because everything just flew by. So if I was if I, if I was a regular, but I, and I can tell you, like you know, the almost the the finishes for some of the ma- all, nearly all the matches, but always the main event. And I it just, uh, so whenever Bachwinkle came in, or there, if it, it, you know, cause Jared would always, Bachwinkle didn't just come out of nowhere. I mean, he would get mileage out of bringing in the world champion. You know, if it's going to cost him a little money, the, the Bachwinkle coming in was was the catalyst for you know uh, the '79 Lawler Dundee feud, which they also used. That was the year that Dundee won Wrestler of the Year, 
which Lawler did not like. They talked, you know, that they talked about Dundee winning wrestling of the year, that he was getting another shot at Bockwinkle, and Lawler walks off the stu- walks off the set. And <laughs> yeah. uh, then the next week, he's he's back, and he's we can all, and it's kind of little foreshadowing that crown shaped goatee is the outline of it is growing back, you know, because he had been without it for so long. It looked so plain, you know, uh, as a baby face and so stale. Uh, in 78 and he boy if anybody needed a shot in the arm it, w- it was Lawler then but I just think that was really funny that 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 morning when he walked off and he was actually scheduled to team with Dundee later that day and he no shows um, and that that the shape of that goatee is right there baby so it's a uh, <laughs> little 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 foreshadowing there absolutely so we'll stop here as uh, 1984 is upon us and we'll come back and I will much sooner. And I will say this. I will say this. Uh, I'm awfully excited too because a lot of times I would have to beg my uncle, and he was used to, you know, the world champions coming to town. I got to be there. So the problem is, I called in my Christmas. You know, I would get one Christmas card uh, where I get to go to the matches, and I, I remember, dude, when I saw that December fifth lineup, I called him. He goes, "Okay, now." This is it. This is the show. I go, how can it get any bigger than the fabulous ones and the road warriors and Lawler and Randy Savage? I mean, it can't. But, you know, then Bockwinkle comes in. But that show is on a Sunday afternoon. And that's the first show that I went to without my uncle. Got to go with my buds because we were, you know, we were out of school. It was New Year's Day. And, man, there's about uh, 8,000 people there. It just seemed like the timing was right. You know, if they didn't do it in 82, Lawler's still in great shape, working great matches. It just seemed like that would have been a good time to switch it if they were ever going to do it. And uh, But we'll get into that later because I was there, and it, man, and it was one of the better Lawler-Bockwinkle matches I've ever seen, which is saying a whole hell of a lot. And it actually sets up one of the most unique stipulation matches. Absolutely, the but, week after, uh, so we'll talk about it. Yeah, we'll we'll be talking about Lawler Botwinkle. We'll be talking about an influx of new talent yes. starting to come into the territory. A lot of interesting names Jared, popping Jared's up. Clean, Jared's so, cleaning house and bringing his. Yep. yep so, some big some big names from other places and some new young names will be showing up. We'll have uh, some departures. Uh, we'll have the return of J.J. Dillon. We'll be talking about that. Mad Dog Buzz Sawyer come to town. We'll have um, the Road Warriors becoming more of a regular act in the Memphis Territory. And uh, Macho Man Savage uh, getting more and more into the, in depth into the scene. And then some. we'll have names coming into Memphis that you just wouldn't expect to see here. That it just... You look at them like, okay, this is odd, but uh, we'll have yeah, Even I'm curious now. Because <laughs> I can't yeah. think of it. And the birth of the new fabulous ones. <laughs> All that more. And oh, oh, the burial. Oh, yeah. And the burial yes. of the original fabulous well, ones. And, All- and the literal <laughs> burial of the Bruce Brothers, sadly. <laughs> yes. <laughs> All that more on the next show. And yeah, it should be very fun for sure. There's a lot of interesting stuff to talk about. All right. Plug time for you, Scott. So what's going on in the KFR podcast? Well, I know you don't listen to it, so I will explain to everyone. <laughs> <laughs>
I have uh, listened to your podcast. <laughs> now, I, I, I didn't listen to one I was on, but I, I mean, uh, I don't listen to anything yeah, yeah, I'm I on. Get you, so. I get you. I, well, I've if you have had a talk about uh, this, this December 5th, you talk about, you know, you and I spent typically some, uh, you know, spent between two and three hours going over an entire year. I spent a three hour show talking about this one night <laughs> with uh, my buddy John Keating. He was a longtime WWF fan, and, and he, he sort of had this unique perspective of seeing Savage uh, in his debut. We, you know, just right after he leaves Memphis, uh, and then he starts doing tape trading and starts getting Memphis and falls in love with the territory, even though uh, he's never uh, li lived uh, anywhere near the city limits and probably has no interest in even visiting the city. Um, uh, He's a, he's a, he's a I know, I know, I know. Oh, and boy. But we oh, love John. It, we love John. No, he death. threatened never to listen to my podcast again when I, we were discussing the 81 gang war feud uh, with and he, my Kevin Sullivan accent. He goes, man, dude, that was horrible. You really, <laughs> you really should never do that again. And I said, I was, did you say that's, <laughs> I'm not even going to, I'm not even going to attempt to, do it, to do it again. Uh, but I'm also trying to get Kevin Sullivan on the show. And I think that's going to happen very soon because I did. Oh yeah. Yeah. Cause uh, the cards were, the, the, there was some talk. He was, uh, he, it was one of those unusual things. Cause remember he abruptly quits. He quits. Him and Wayne Ferris quit. The yeah. Same and, uh, but the deal was that they were, Go to work for uh, Flair and, and then, Mulligan. But the deal awesome. was that he was going to come back in a month and take over the book. That's yes. interesting. And it, uh, that's a story and, that's not known yeah, about much. Yeah, and so I want to talk to him a little bit about that. And he was kind of an unusual pick, really. He's one of those guys that I did not think uh, would wind up in Memphis. But, man, he was over like crazy. I loved his interview styles. Uh, oh, he was great in Memphis. Yeah, he was fantastic. And he did interviews like that were very unique. They were such uh, backhanded compliments to Lance and the other talent. You know, when he first got there, the, uh, just fantastic stuff. And I believe he's the only one who ever called Jimmy James all the all, all the time. Yes. I just loved it. Uh, so I hope to have him on soon. I'm also going to have Ron Fuller on soon. Uh, Ron Fuller is always a great on yeah, podcast. Fantastic, Absolutely. man. So I'm really looking forward to that. Uh, this week, as I mentioned, we have Howard Baum, and it's hilarious. I mean, if you enjoy, got you know, I just I love listening to you and Bex. I love listening to Cornette. I love listening to guys who are passionate about wrestling and know their shit. And I think Howard and I certainly we don't know a lot about much else. We haven't got much, we don't have life figured out, but we kind of have the business figured out. So uh, it it was supposed to be like an hour segment. We end up going like nearly two hours. So uh, that will be dropping this week. Uh, and you can show your support and also look incredibly cool. Are you looking for a true conversation piece? As they used to ask you in the wrestling magazines when they were selling you Dick Byers <laughs> sensational intelligent mask. Well, <laughs> if you're looking for shirts, they won't sell. You, you can't find them anywhere else because they're in severe violation of copyright law. Uh, you can get them <laughs> at Memphis wrestling tees. Uh, at least for a limited time until somebody shuts us down. So that's at memphiswrestlingtees.com. Let's hope that a wide happen. array of t-shirts. And for all five of you diehard Chris Colt, Colt fans out there who have been oh, waiting for a shirt, that shirt is dropping. It is fantastic. 
Chris just went ballistic over it. He's ordering like two or three to give to family and friends. And uh, we've also got uh, the Iron Man collection. And what I mean by that, we have these rare iron-ons, believe it or not, Vern was right there on the <laughs> on the, the cutting edge of technology when it came to merchandise. He had all these uh, iron-ons made and they were, it, they've been sitting in a warehouse for 40 years. I've got uh, several of them. And I've put them on vintage-style ringer tees, but with the latest technology with sweat, wick, uh, sweat wicking. Uh, so they look really cool. And the iron-on transfers were flawless. I've got a Terry Funk that you would go absolutely crazy for, uh, Chris. Uh, oh. Unfortunately, I don't think I have it in your size, but I can get it. But it's really cool. Okay. I, I took it to this place. The guy goes, man, I don't know how these are going to turn out. They've been sitting here for 40 years. I go, I don't know. But uh, – they look, they look fabulous. So go, go check those out. MemphisWrestlingTees.com, KFRPod.com, and that's about enough out of me. <clears throat> All right. So definitely check Scott out and everything he's got going on. All right. Uh, of course, you can excel on Bad Street, all the archives up, SoundCloud.com, slash BTSPod, and uh, all the Between the Sheets episodes are up, and machine, Between the Sheets Patreon, Patreon.com, slash between the sheets where uh, our latest two shows have been on Eddie Gilbert and Polly Dangerously's oh. run in continental in 1988. Want to hear which, that? Yes, it is quite the, t- the couple of shows and uh, the second show, we, we come to a lot of conclusions on that show, a lot of interesting conclusions on what happened and why it happened. And it's a show where we learn and those Patreon shows, there's a lot of that that happens. Because when you cover everything, like in that order as it's going along, you'll have these epiphanies, mm. and you'll realize, wow, this is what's really going on. This is what's happening. Yeah. And like when we did the world class show, the Death of World Class in '88, um, we come to the, basically I came to the realization where Jim Crockett was trying to buy out World Class. He was trying to buy World Class separately. That way, when he sold out to Turner, he could have fell back on World Class and all their TV markets. Oh, and, and yes. So, yes, exactly. So we have we have all kinds of stuff like that on those shows. So Patreon.com slash Twin Sheets. And uh, Between Sheets every Monday. So check that out. All right. Man, I tell you, it's been a blast. These, uh, it's, you know... Like over well over an hour and a half now as so it flew by and uh scott will definitely have you back on the future quicker this time than last time so uh football season's over with. that's why <laughs> exile took a oh, break oh man i know i'm still i'm still uh still kind of just uh feeling the pain man just when just when the <laughs> irish finally had me convinced they're, they're back and I, I buy into it i'm like kelly's the guy man i, I should have never well, they lost to Clemson. I, I, you so know that, what? That, I feel a little bit better about it now, but, yeah. but at the time, yeah, I was like, there you go. oh, man, S- exactly. same old shit. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. Uh, well, and, 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 Florida, and Florida State, we won't talk about yeah, that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> you know, that, that's, that's my real team. Yeah. Yes. But anyway, Exxon Bass Street will become uh, more and more frequent now as we're out of football season. So be on the lookout for that. All right. Awesome. Well, uh, thank you again, Scott. And this is Chris saying so long from the Peach State of Georgia.